This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am very excited to be here with each and every one of you today talking baseball and my favorite person in the world to talk baseball with is Mr. Joe Mandel. I welcome him back to the show, my South Burbs Hitman co-host. Thank What's you for up? helping out a little bit today, Joe. How you doing? Dude, no problem, man. Uh, I'm your favorite person to talk baseball with. I take that as the highest compliment. I mean, yeah. I mean, who are you in competition with? Zim, I, of course. I don't know. <laughs> Zim. Your Zim, brother. My brother, Joey. My cousin, Frankie. I would say that's like my... Mount Rushmore of baseball chatter right now. I'm probably forgetting something, someone crazy who's like going to send me a DM. Like, what do you mean? I'm not your favorite person to talk baseball with. I, there are a lot of people I enjoy talking. I, I talk about baseball with myself almost all Hell day. Yeah. Every day. Like, literally, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, I'm like, okay, what's going on with, you know, Lucas Giolito's, you know, wins above replacement or, you know, how's Tim Anderson's Babip doing? Like, you know, I'm thinking about all that stuff all day. So, but you are amongst my favorite people in the world to talk baseball with. I'm excited for today's show. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm excited too. Although I'm not so excited about what we've seen on the north and south side. No, of course not. They both suck. Um, we're going to get to why they suck in a little bit. But I wanted to start the show with something very heartwarming. Early Ooh. in early in January, we learned that Mr. Liam Hendricks mm. has cancer. Non-Hodgkin's yep. lymphoma. You never like to hear that, okay? No. This, is, this is devastating stuff. This is the type of stuff that makes you realize how important life is, how precious life is, and how it can be taken away from you in an instant, how your whole world could be flipped upside down in a matter of seconds. And Liam Hendricks went out there and taught each and every one of us on how to handle harsh situations like that to the best of our ability. We didn't know what was going to be the future of Liam Hendricks, but that man fought the way it's like, it's like the way he pitches was a symbol of how he was going to live his life in the hardest moment of his life. You know, just with that chip on his shoulder and like the fire and like the F you attitude, he treated cancer. Like it was a batter he was facing and he returned True. to the mound for the first time this week. What was your thought process when you watched the kind of whole thing? Because they announced he was coming back on Sunday, right after the game, the walk-off loss to the Detroit Tigers. And then they actually activated him off of the injury loan the following day and put Jimmy Lambert on the injured list. 
Um, and then before the game, he had his moment with Christie. Then the, he, during the fourth inning, he walked out to the bullpen from the dugout, as he does every day, whether he's going to pitch or not. And then the walk-in, the entrance, the lights, the his usual trot to the mound, his, you know, and then the angel batter not getting into the batter's box to pay some respect. And clearly the White Sox asked MLB to not pitch clock violate him because you have to do it 24 hours in advance. Imagine needing to tell the MLB, hey, can we yeah. get an extra couple seconds from Liam Hendricks, who just battled back from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? That's another story for another day. But, you know, through this whole emotional journey, what was your takeaway? It just shows you the kind of competitor and the kind of person that Liam Hendricks is. And, you know, literally, you could go through cancer treatments earlier in the year and not only – beat cancer, but make it back to the mound in front of however many people against, you know, one of the the most exciting teams in baseball. I don't remember if it was the lot. Who did he, was it the angels when he came back? Yeah. I'm trying to, it was the yeah so, I mean, how cool is that? And then look at that entrance right there. I got the video and him coming in. I mean, everyone's just going absolutely nuts. Uh, it just shows you anything's possible, man. And, and it, it's the best story in all of baseball. Yeah, sure. Did he have the best performance then? No. But like at the end of the day, that's not what matters. It's what matters is, is that Liam made it all the way back and he's going to finesse himself and get back to the way he was. He'll be closing out games before we know it, like actually closing them out. I actually thought Liam was better than I expected him to be. I expected it to kind of be rough. I did because it's different when you're a batter. If, you're, if he was a batter coming back from cancer and he got the standing ovation, okay, you might run into one. You might get a base hit. If you strike out, though, you'll get a standing ovation as you walk back. It doesn't affect the scoreboard, per se. Right. Um, you know, if you're Liam Hendricks and you're a pitcher and you're typically a closer, but you're brought in the eighth inning to kind of get your feet wet to come back in. That's another thing. It wasn't a save situation. It wasn't Liam Hendricks' typical animal that he's battled at an sure. for all these years. He gave up. He walked. What's his name? He stole second. Or no, he gave up a base hit to what's his name? The guy who was kind enough to give him the extra minutes to, for the ovation. Um, Tyler, I forget his name. He steals second. He's safe at second. Then you know a base hit scores a run. Like that. That's just how it goes sometimes. It bad. You know Liam Hendricks. He the fastball was on point. I thought his junk wasn't as you know tight as we're normally used to seeing mm-hmm. Hendricks. he was pumping in the fastball he was a one-pitch pitcher and you know that's you know diagnosing his or dissecting his baseball um stuff which is really kind of irrelevant to the whole story there were people that were kind of annoying me on twitter.com that day when he was doing that with the whole breaking down how he was pitching who cares he came back from cancer it was marvelous the entrance the the applause yeah. Christy telling the ump that she that he effing stinks from the press box was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. I mean, there are people out there who battle this stuff and deal with cancer or deal with life's, you know, hard issues every single day. And yeah, Liam Hendricks, he was on this show. I know that's crazy, but he, he was, was on this screen. And, you know, he if that was pre-cancer, Although according to him, he might have had cancer in his body at that point in time, which is crazy. To think about yeah. it. He said he might have had cancer in his body in 2021 and 2022, which means when he was on this show, he probably had it. And like that, yeah. he, he had no reason to be as kind as he was. 
or give us as much of his time as he gave. Like, just the dude was sensational, and I'm super stoked. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him, and, you know, I don't care about the final stats from his first start or not his first appearance. I mean, sure, he, he gave up three hits. He gave up two runs. He had a walk, and, you know, he got charged with two earned, but, you know, Whatever, that doesn't matter. Cancer's or baseball is bigger. This is bigger than baseball. Sorry, I can't spit it out. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I kind of thought his return would bring good vibes to the team as a whole and they might play better. I wish. But that really just when you're not good, you're not good. And, you know, it is what it is. I think um, Hendricks, he's he's somebody who could get traded if a contender wants him at the end of the year and they offer the, they pony up something nice for the white Sox. Um, you know, that's always something that could be possible, but you know, I'm rooting for him to just be great for himself. And like the white Sox season is sunk there. However many games under 500, but if he could go out there and just be a good story the rest of the season, I'm all in on it. I hope he, I hope he gets a save this weekend. Don't tell Rick Hahn that they're sunk because he doesn't seem to believe it just yet. All right, let's dive right into it. <laughs> what a jabroni he is. What, what he, a stupid comment. I mean, does he think I'm dumb? Does he think he thinks, you're dumb? He thinks we're all dumb. I mean, I, I, and I would, Joe, I promise you, I wish I could prove it to everybody because there are probably people saying I wouldn't watching this i wish i could prove it i would say it right to his face do you think i'm stupid do you think i don't watch do you think do you actually think this team has a chance to compete you think you're winning with guys hitting the injured list every five days or so you think you're winning with a rotation that includes three pitchers that really just don't have it you think you're winning you like do you think dylan cease is just miraculously going to become dylan cease from last year you think you still think Eloy is a 50 home run guy? How about Moncada? Is he still the number one prospect in baseball? You know, like, do you, do you still think you won the Chris Sale trade? Dude won the World Series. He got yeah. the final out against Manny Machado, who you failed to sign. It It is just unbelievable to me how ignorant he is and how ignorant he continues to be. And you know what? Rick Hahn doesn't have to come off that way. Rick Hahn could go up to every single press conference every offseason and say, we don't have the funds provided to us as a general manager to make this as a competitive team as possible. I wasn't able to choose the manager the first time around, and it impeded my ability to get the guy I wanted. Now Mm -hmm. we have Pedro Grippal. But no, he chooses to trade for Jake Diekman. Okay. And keep Jose Ruiz. I mean, just the stuff he was saying. Oh, and then the look at us in the eye. And then I'll let you talk. I'll finally let you talk. <laughs> he has the audacity to say we don't think we're sellers. What? Dude, you're seven games out. Yeah, Like, you're t- 11 games under 500. Kim, you know, possibly having a better record than the Cubs is your World Series this year. Every, every team in this division would be last place in the AL East. And don't even get me started. That makes Rick Hahn look even more ignorant to me because you could have this division with the most average baseball team of all time. 
like this division stinks. If you won 90 games, very, very low bar for an upper echelon team, you would win the division by double, like you did in 2021, frankly. But guess what? There's no your mean Mercedes hitting 400 in April and May. And there's no Jake Lamb hitting a crazy home run in June to give the White Sox a big win. There's no Brian Goodwin hitting walk-off home runs against the Boston Red Sox. A bunch of depth guys who aren't even in the league anymore. I mean, give me a break with this guy. I've, I've had enough of Rick Hahn. I've had more than enough of Rick Hahn. Yeah, that comment really pissed me off this week because, like, I just just say that there are multiple things on the table that could happen. We're going to field offers as they come. That's it. You don't have to say anything else, but you don't have to make us look like we're idiots, which he did. Um, not 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 a good week for the White Sox across the board, Vin. Like, we last time we talked, the Sox were had had a great week and they were good again. Now they suck. We. Took two, we, we took two out of three from the Guardians, and then we went on to, to lose three out of four against the Tigers, and then two out, we lost two out of three versus the Angels. So it's just like, where's the consistency? I, I don't know where it's at, but they're a frustrating team to watch. Uh, they could have easily won all three of those games against the Angels. Uh, wouldn't have taken all that much. Kopech looked okay. Um, the Bats looked okay. Jake Berger continues to hit. Those okay. Are the okay is not good enough. Like I know. When, when you're okay, you're going to get killed when Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are on the other side. And they both and, had home runs yesterday. Oh, we're going to get to them in a minute. <laughs> Especially <laughs> that Otani dog. Um, I love that guy. I'm wearing, I'm going to put on my Otani shirt for later today. Um, now that the White Sox are done playing them, I can wear it again. Um, I, first of all, Rick Hahn's going to look like a moron when he trades Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolito, whoever else he moves at the trade deadline. He's going to, the people are going to play back that audio and be like, Rick, I thought you said, uh, I thought you said we weren't going to sell. Oh yeah. But you know, that was back in June or May when we were evaluating things and like, mm. shut up, Rick Hahn, shut up. I'm sick and tired of it. Vin, can I real quick give you some quick stats from the last week? Play it on me. I'm gonna share my. I'm gonna share the screen. Actually, let me blow this up so everybody can see. All right, let me make it a little bit bigger. Yikes! So there's four guys that hit over 300 this week, but look at the drop off. In it goes straight down to mid twos, and then straight into 100s. Uh, Luis Robert being one of those guys that batted under 200, a brutal week, nine strikeouts. But it's always the same, at least two guys at the top of the list, always. It's Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn. No, nobody else is getting anything done, Vin. It's it's really frustrating. And look for look for all the hits and everything that Jake Berger did. One RBI. That shows you that nobody else is hitting around him. And he's in a bad place in the lineup. I don't know if you've noticed that this week either, Vin, is he's been all over this White Sox lineup without consistency. If you hit 365 in a week, you shouldn't have one RBI. I'm sorry. I completely agree. I the lineups are they're Tony Larusa esque. So like maybe I'm just an idiot, which we've all figured that out by now. I'm I'm happy to see Eloy Jimenez up there too because when I look at the batting average, I actually hate the batting average stat. I take a lot of heat for my disdain towards that statistic. I think it's a tool. 
but I don't think it's no longer the number one tool. I like slugging percentage and on-base plus slugging because if you look at that, Eloy Jimenez, if you scroll it over a little bit, Eloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn are both in the higher, like MVP caliber uh, OPS in terms of the last seven days. And Eloy, big home run. I mean, it ended up not mattering in the end, but, you know, he he hit one. Um, Andrew Vaughn's been hitting him again. Look at Romy up there with the surprise name. I was going to say, yeah, uh, Jake Berger, though, he's been unreal. Tim Anderson's batting average. Tim Anderson is the type of player I'm okay with having a high batting average and a low, a lower OPS, not this low, not like you haven't hit a home run in 365 days low OPS, but Hmm. like you know, he's a leadoff man. He's supposed to get on base. He's supposed to have a high batting average and a high on base percentage, you know, and then you need the Andrew Vaughn's and the Eloy Jimenez's to have these high slugging percentages, you know, in addition to their high batting averages. If you have a high bat, like Nick Madrigal used to piss me off because his slash line used to be his batting average was higher than his on base percentage and his slugging percentage, which is like, dude, that is the weirdest slash line I've ever seen. And Nick Madrigal is not a good player. If he hits 300 the rest of his career, I will still stand by that he's not a good player. Would you rather a guy get three out of ten hits, but all three hits are singles? Or a guy gets two out of ten hits, but one of them is a home run and one of them is a double? I would take player yeah. B personally. But player, player B has B a 200 sure. batting average. Player B has a 200 batting average. Player A has a 300 batting average. That's why, to me, it's not... It's just a tool. And the only scenario for me, Vin, is if, is if player A scores a lot of runs. That's the only differential there. Which me. is like Tim Anderson. You know, I'm cool with Tim Anderson being player A. But like. But he wasn't go- this week. No, no. Tim Anderson, he, he's he got some things going on with his game that, you know, it looked so promising in the first well, week until got he got some hurt. Things going on off the field, too. But yeah. that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I mean, I. I I'm a little annoyed with the whole Tim Anderson story because for one, I don't give a crap what he does off the field. As long as he's not doing like cancelable stuff, like I don't really care, but I guess that kind of is cancelable in a lot of ways, but you know, I, I thought Tim Anderson was going to lead this team to so much more and Eloy and Robert, they'll all follow him. I wrote an article about Robert, um, they can't win unless he is MVP caliber. He drives this team more than any player and seeing him all the way down there with that abysmal, if that was his OPS, like every day, like his all season OPS, he'd be out of the league four thirty two. Are you kidding me? Luis Robert, like, come on, dude. I like, you don't have to hit home runs in five straight games or set whites. That's not what I'm looking for here. You need to be consistent and, he leads the team in war, which yeah. is my number one baseball stat because it takes into effect everything. Your base stealing, your your ability to create outs, your ability to hit, your ability to field. It's you know, it's a culmination of it all, but it's not I haven't been feeling it from Luis Robert, which I'm gonna lose pick to click on South Burbs Hitman because of it. Wasn't yeah. I battle I was battling you who took Jake Berger. That's a clear win for you already. I I think Robert could hit a home run every game until South Burbs hit him on Monday and you would still take it. Yeah, and, and Zim took Maybe. Joe Kelly. <laughs> well, PU, he comes in third. <laughs> no, actually I probably come in third with a OPS that low. That's tough. But I mean I, I'm gonna tell you this, Joe, and then looks like you want to get into pitching a little bit. On South Burbs Hitman and on this show. I will no longer be fooled 
by a week of seven and three or, you know, 10 out of 15. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on, I said this already and I didn't stick to it. I'm out on wins and losses. I'm not letting myself get frustrated over losses. I can't, and I'm not letting myself get high over wins. This team stinks. I legitimately think they stink and it's over. And until they're in first place, I will not say I've proven wrong. I can't. I'm not falling for it again because every single time this season that they've had a little bit of a stretch where they look good, they start to suck and it really grinds my gears because they should not suck. This isn't the A's. If I was an A's fan, I'd be rooting for losses. Let's get that number one pick and you know, develop this team. Billy Bean has done it before. We've been contenders through this model before. Not the White Sox, man. There are two. There are three teams that should be really pissed off right now in Major League Baseball, and I'm talking like really angry. It's White Sox fans. I think the Mets should be leading the National League by ten games. Yeah, like those fans have every right to be nice and pissed off right now. And I'm then, messing. yes, and then the San Diego Padres, who the Cubs are going to see here soon. Um, I'd be livid if I was a fan base, a fan of them right now. You have Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Blake Snell, you Darvish, your rotation sweet. You got a good bullpen. You were in the NLCS last year and you're 23 and 28 or whatever you are. No, I, they're right up there for me of who I would be the most angry if I was a fan of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's a hot, hot mess in all of those places especially here in the White Sox. It's been brutal. The bullpen as a whole, Vin, not just the bullpen, I should say the pitching staff as a whole uh, just had an absolutely abysmal week, putting it lightly. Um, We just talked about Joe Kelly a little while ago, but he pitched not even one and a third, and and he's given up four runs. It feels like nobody can get an out on this team. Uh, Even the starters aren't going long. Lance Lynn looked horrendous yesterday. Dylan Cease didn't look good the other day. Only went four, gave up four. You know, for for a guy that's been flying high, Kopech didn't look great either. There's not really, I mean, for, for Jimmy Lambert giving up two runs in two innings, is that is anyone consistent anymore? Even Giolito looked awful. I mean, there wasn't a good quality. I'm pretty sure we didn't have a single quality start this week, if I remember correctly. No. No, the pitching sucks. They're they're all inconsistent. Michael Kopech had one bad inning. I'll give I'll give him that. He had one bad inning. He gave up four in the first inning to the Angels and then locked it in. He had he still found a way to have ten strikeouts and he only went four innings. So in the last nineteen point one innings pitched, Kopech has given up four runs. That's outstanding. If mm-hmm. he goes every nineteen innings only giving up four runs, you just kind of hope that one of those four run, one of those innings isn't where all the four runs come in and they end up losing because of it. That's just bad luck. But I mean, you know what? A game against the Angels, he walked Trout and Otani, and then Ward hit him deep. Yeah, and that's three of the four runs. Like that does happen from like it's not easy to pitch to Trout and Otani. I don't care who you are. And especially since they go back to back, it honestly makes me wonder how the Angels aren't the same record as the Rays because those two at the top of the order are just so hard to get out back to back. But yeah. I mean, you know, Kopex he, he ended up striking out both of them later in the game. He had ten total strikeouts, but he has twenty nine strikeouts in his last nineteen point one innings. That's outstanding. Very solid. So yeah. he's the only one I'm going to give any high remarks to. Lucas Giolito second on the White Sox in WAR, only behind Luis Robert. He's had a good year so far, but last start wasn't it. 
Um, but I can't keep saying the Angels, the Angels, the Angels. Everybody beats the Angels. They kind of suck. Like, they're not even a playoff spot. Just because they have Trout yeah. and Otani doesn't mean shit. You know, and Otani, you know, has got 15 home runs as a, a pitcher, basically, yeah. which is crazy. But, like, that's no – the Angels are no excuse. The Cubs just took two or three from the Rays, who are way better than the Angels. So, like, I don't want to hear anything about the Angels and who they are. The White Sox stunk, and that's why they lost. Yep, and there's really only four guys that were lights out, and they're all bullpen guys. Santos, Lopez, Middleton, and Graveman, all had great weeks. Um, sadly, they didn't rub off on everybody else. But can we talk about how good Gregory Santos has been this year? I mean, unbelievable. Third on the White Sox in war. I know that probably doesn't sound right. It is, though. He's third on it was it was Luis Robert Jr., Lucas Giolito, Gregory Santos, Jake Berger are the top four in the White Sox in terms of war. Now, Giolito and Robert are the only ones over one, but most of the team is in the damn negatives. So I guess it's really not all that impressive. But I mean for Gregory Santos, I would say it is. For a guy that people didn't even think was gonna make the team. He didn't make the team, right? Oh yeah, you're right. He didn't. He got brought in when they finally decided that, hey, we don't need Jake Diekman giving up eight runs a game anymore. Right. Yeah. That's. It's really pathetic. <clears throat> really, really yeah. pathetic. Yep. I hate it. It's it's uh, it's just not good in White Sox land right now. And it's not like you can look to the other side of town and see light at the end of the tunnel if you're one of those people who just like kind of act like casually cheers on both of them. There are plenty of those people out there. The Cubs suck. They might be worse, but it's less. They're not worse. They're about the same, but it's less annoying for them because they didn't come in with these expectations that the White Sox have. Um, But I mean, the Cubs entered their series against the Tampa Bay Rays with the worst record in the national league, but then they took two or three of them and you can chalk up those two wins to brilliant starting pitching which we see it with the White Sox. The White Sox bats aren't as bad as they were last year, but the pitching isn't as good as it was last year. And, you know, that's something the Cubs are noticing. That that can be a, a winning help, having a good um, starting rotation. I wouldn't necessarily call their rotation good, but I wouldn't call it bad either. Stroman and Hendricks come in, and they have outstanding weeks. And Stroman kind of pulled a Kopech, two straight starts of, like, all-world stuff where he gave up nothing. And um, the Cubs were getting blown out so bad one of the games that Tucker Barnhart pitched a game. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave up zero runs, just like Marcus Stroman. And then Kyle Hendricks, he gave up. He did he give up one run in the la- in the game? Uh, he might he might have he might have given up the one run, which is why he's not credited for the win because the Cubs were probably. They were tied when he left the game, is my assumption, 1-1, and then they ended up winning the yeah. game 2-1. So, um, you know, shout-out to him. Him and Stroman were both magnificent and gave their team a chance to win. It's kind of a shame Hendricks wasn't the pitcher of credit for that game because he went – I'm pretty sure he went pretty fair amount of innings with – how many – he had 9.1 innings on the week, so he definitely probably went at least five with giving up zero. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the Cubs' bullpen is better. I thought they had a great series against the Rays. Joe, I want to ask you this, though. In their last game against the Rays, they went up 2-0, and then and Justin Steele was good through three innings, but then they pulled him, 
I don't know if he was hurt or what, but they pulled him after giving up nothing. And then the Rays get two back. The Cubs take a three to two lead. Then the Rays take a four to three lead. And in the bottom of the ninth, the Cubs have bases loaded with one out. And the only player left to come off their bench to pinch hit is that Miles Mastroboni guy or however you say his name. Mm -hmm. And people were shitting on David Ross for making it where he was the only one left available to pinch hit by the end of the game. Like that was just bad bench management on his part. Cubs fans are, they're getting pretty close to being done with David Ross as the manager. Do you have an opinion on that? I know you're not the biggest Cubs guy, but no, I listen. I think it's really hard to evaluate the Cubs with the talent that they have right now. And I know like everyone's like, Oh, you know, he mismanaged this and mismanaged that put the wrong guy in here. Let's be honest, Finn. Is there even a right guy in in that clubhouse? I I I, I got to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. From what I've seen from David Ross, the guy knows the game. I think he knows the game better than Pedro does right now. He manages his bullpen better, given what he has. I'll tell you this. If David Ross was a manager of the White Sox, they'd be in first place in the AL Central. Wow. That's what I'm saying. A bold claim. I don't just. Dis- I don't necessarily disagree with it, though. I like. I hate Rick Hahn, and I think Kenny Williams stinks now. And you know, I say stinks now because you know they did win the World Series in two thousand five. Like, lucky or not, they put together a team that was good enough to roll through the playoffs, the best playoff record ever. So I say now because I'll never have permanent ill will towards Kenny Williams because of that fact. But yeah. Rick Hahn, I got no loyalty to Rick Hahn. He's done nothing but stink for 10 years. They have two playoff wins in their whole time with him there. Not even series wins. Single game wins. Two. Two of them. Um, the Cubs won more wild card games during their run. Um, but yeah, the, the right now for the Cubs, I, I probably, I wrote an article that they should fire him. But I also mentioned in there that it might be like one of those things where they should hang around and see evaluate him the rest of the year. Because you're right, the, the talent was just, they were kind of overhyped during the offseason. Oh, they brought in five guys that used to stink, and but they used to, they're that stink, but they used to be good. So now they're going to be a World Series contender. They brought in Bellinger and Hosmer. Who and you know I feel like I'm forgetting a big one. Oh man! Well, they stinks. did bring. I heard, in... I heard you say Hosmer, man. It stinks. Yeah. Well, they brought in Dansby, who's outstanding. Dansby's amazing. Sure, sure. He's going to be an all star. Um, but outside of Dansby, all of their additions are like guys who kind of suck. Barnard's a good defensive catcher, but he can't hit shit. Apparently, he could pitch really well though. Um, say a Suzuki or yeah, Suzuki, he's been hurt, but like, he's a good player. I love Nico Horner. I think he's amazing. I feel the same way about Ian. Hap. Oh, Trey Mancini. He's stunk. He's been so bad, but you know, Mancini, Hosmer and Bellinger, if they were on the same team in 2015 or 16, right around when the Cubs were a world series contender, then yeah, of course they'd be great. But Mancini, he kind of stinks now. Bellinger kind of stinks now and Hosmer, they DFA'd him cause he stunk so bad. So, you know, I just I do think their offseason was a little bit overblown, but I do commend them for trying. Rickon wouldn't yeah. even sign Bellinger. He wouldn't even sign Hosmer. They wouldn't even try. 
So, you know, the Cubs have my respect in that aspect. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing what they can. They're trying. Um, they have a manager that's trying to work with what he has. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jumping too quickly on, on the hate Pedro bandwagon, but I, I just feel like he's not getting through to these guys. And I feel like David Ross is, you know, running laps around him and he doesn't have nearly, he doesn't even have a quarter of the talent the White Sox do. Um, and they'll probably win the Crosstown series, the Cubs, because of, that's just the way that baseball is this year for the White Sox. That's not that far away, I don't think. I think that's coming up in the uh, end of June, if I remember correctly. No, not in June. July? It's got to be July. I just previewed. The only reason I know that is I previewed June, and I would have remembered if I came across the Cubs when I previewed June. Yep, it's, uh, we're looking at July. You're right, Vin. Yeah, first, late, first... late July. Oh, wait, um, you guys can see my screen. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're looking at... 25th of july yeah yeah south side showdown preview of june everybody go check it out that's the only reason i knew they weren't playing the cubs i don't normally have the schedule that far in advance but it's a new tactic we're trying at fan-sided with like the, these preview things and been working out well so that's i they got the angels dodgers tigers not in this order in june I, they play the red Sox, and they end the month with the a's but that's a series that carries over into July 1st and 2nd, too. So um, it's going to be a hard month, though. I know it, other than the A's, it's going to be a very difficult month for them. But, uh, you know, I don't think things are going to get much easier for the Cubs, too. And one thing I want to get on off my chest with the Cubs, one player who kind of proves my point about batting average wrong, in my opinion, is Patrick Wisdom. He's mm. the only player that really doesn't – does he doesn't – he fits my narrative, but I don't accept it. If that makes sense, I don't think Patrick Wisdom is like that good of a player. I like I don't see much value. He only hits home runs. He's like a top. I'm pretty sure. I, I saw the list of players who have more home runs than Patrick Wisdom since he came into the league, and I'm pretty sure the list includes like Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, and Mookie Betts, and like that was it. It's something like that. And then Wisdom. Wisdom's a top. Top 10 home run hitter since joining the league. But he doesn't do anything else. His OPS, his OP, his slugging percentage is 474, which is amazing. But his OPS in total is, is this his? Oh, this, this was just for the last week. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. I'll, I'll give you, you want season stats? Yeah. Let me see the season stats. Yeah. Okay. So, see, his OPS is so good. His OPS is, like, really nice. 825. That's, like, an all-star level OPS. But his batting average is 213. That's too low. And I, I don't love batting average, but, like, that that means you basically only hit home runs. You He has 14 home runs, but how many hits? 34 hits. Like, more than half of his hits are home runs. That's not a truly complete player. That's a guy I would want on the off the bench. That's my pinch hitter. That's my guy who I'm ready to throw in in that spot yesterday when they're down it's, three to four. It's like Vin, like 42% of the time he's hitting a home run. Yeah, exact, which is just insane. And Should I say it would 42% make, of his home runs, that is. Yeah. Uh, of, his, of his hits. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And like, 
his on base percentage is not good. Three hundred's not that good of an on. Like, look at some of the other on base percentage of the team. Seiya Suzuki is the model of consistency. Talkman, I'm not going to include him. He's only got 31 at bats. Seiya Suzuki's got 150 at bats, which probably means he probably how many walks does he have? 22. So he's got 172 plate appearances. That on base percentage is outstanding. Uh, I look at Ian Happ's on base percentage. Now Ian Happ, he's not a super duper star, but he's a star. That is an incredible stat line right there for me, but he's only got four home runs. If he had just a tad bit more power, Ian Happ would consistently be considered one of the best outfielders offensively in baseball. So that's that's where I stand on the roster. I like this Morale kid. Um, he mm-hmm. just hits bombs, and he's pretty consistent. And I kind of like he's like very confident in himself in a non-cocky way. He Last year, he's like, I'm going to hit a home run in my first ever Major League plate appearance. And guess what he does? He goes out there and hits a home run in his first ever Major League plate appearances. 71 at-bats, how many walks? Four, so only 75 plate appearances. Not enough of a sample size to be truly impressed with that incredible slugging percentage. I'm sure it'll come down a little bit. I will say the total basis is impressive. 50 total bases. Unbelievable, which, you know, you get four for every home run. Um, he's got for not having a single triple, though. That's actually that's look, impressive. Look at Suzuki's total bases and he's got 150 at bats. Yeah. Yeah. So if Morel and Suzuki both play a majority of the rest of the season, Morel will be ahead of them in all likelihood if they stay on this pace. Right. Uh, he strikes out a fair amount. But so does everyone. Now that I'm looking at everyone does in the league. If you're a good hitter, you strike out a lot. That's just the name of baseball right now. Like Judge strikes out a lot. Otani strikes out. Otani and Trout, they each had like five strikeouts in this last series. And but they were just so impactful. So I don't know. I think the Cubs their ceiling is higher than the White Sox this year, but I think because of the way they play and how they're more of a team. But the White Sox do have talent that'll randomly put them seven out of ten wins mm-hmm. because Robert will hit five home runs in a row or something like that, like five games in a row. But I don't know. That's where I stand on the White Sox and the Cubs. They both stink. The, the Cubs are kind of a grittier team and yeah. they've got a they've got a manager that's not he's willing to like just do whatever it takes to try to put out a winning lineup. I feel like Pedro doesn't have that. Yeah. If you took if you took the White Sox roster and the Cubs roster and switched their laundry, I think the White Sox would the the Cubs would rise to the top of the central if you just included the players. You yeah. keep David Ross, you keep all their bench coaches. Is Willie Harris still their third base coach? I actually think he is. I think you, so. You, you keep Jed Hoyer as the GM. I Jed Hoyer's done a decent job. He learned from Theo Epstein. Mm-hmm. Um there's a really funny picture of Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer nice and pissed off at AJ Pierzynski for hitting a home run against the Red Sox in 05. They were still the GM and president there. That picture always cracked me up knowing the future that came after it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Joe, there are a couple more topics I want to talk on before we, you know, kind of wrap up the show. One of them is Shohei Otani. He has been unbelievable. Basically, since he came into the league, he was the American League Rookie of the Year in 2018 when he came in. Then he missed some time with some Tommy, but he still hit. And, you know, that was most of 2020. And then in 2021, 
he came out and he's now in his third year in a row of being an ace level pitcher and a superstar level hitter. I haven't really had much Otani dialogue with you. What do you think about this guy and where's your fan of him lie in terms of your, your baseballness? Well, I tell you what, I, I'm with you, Vin, when you say like, you are not going to see this again. It's just like, it's otherworldly what this guy's doing. <laughs> and it's really hard to like, even put into words. Like if you have a chance to go see, Otani, go see him. I mean, this is like a arguably a once in a lifetime player. I just, I just can't comprehend sometimes, Vin, what he's actually doing. It doesn't make any sense to me how he's able to do it all. I mean, this dude is a peak athlete. He's a freak of nature, and I can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm obsessed with Shohei Otani. I tweet basically every one, one single one of his home runs. Whenever he starts, I'm tweeting the strikeouts. Like, this guy's unbelievable. And I'm, I, I don't. I, I know there are going to be more kids that try it probably because Otani was successful. And I like, you know, you see it in other sports, like when the Coyotes, the Coyotes came into the league and all of a sudden, 18 years later, they have a superstar go number one overall from Arizona. I do think those things coordinate, like for the pros. They they translate to the kids, but like to be, can I see a guy coming in and be a decent pitcher and an elite hitter or vice versa? Yeah, I could see that, but to be a Cy Young caliber pitcher, he like an under three ERA consistently, and then forty home runs at minimum is just I I don't think we're gonna see it again. I don't. And he's kind of, when you try to explain it to someone, it's hard because nobody else can like really under, like it's never happened. It, it, it's Garrett Cole and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in one player, except he's not, he's not fat or slow. He's, he could steal 50 bases if he wanted to. That's actually another thing. He holds back using his speed. Yeah, in he's my fast. Opinion. He could steal a bunch of bases, but the Angels would never let him steal too many bases because it's probably one of the higher danger plays in terms of injury. Oh, for sure. So, Shohei Otani, man, it was fun. I I enjoyed watching him play the White Sox. I didn't get mad when he hit home runs. And did you were you heavily invested in the World Baseball Classic? I I didn't fully get super into it, but I did watch a lot of the highlights, and I kind of wish I did. In that final game, Team USA was playing Japan, and Otani, it came down to Otani versus Trout, the final out of the game. Except Otani, Otani's on the mound, Trout is batting. They're teammates in Major League Baseball. You got the guy who's considered the best hitter of the last 20 years, and you got the guy who's considered the last the best player maybe ever both of them might be the first and second best player ever there probably are people out there that believe that and i'm american i'm proud to be american i could not have been rooting for shohei otani to strike out mike trout on a nice three pitch mix harder if i tried (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just think this guy is so great and i love watching him and i love rooting for him and I don't know if there's a player we've talked about more on Crosstown, including White Sox and Cubs players. Yeah, and let's look at this donger by Otani. I mean, 
Dead center. Yeah. Off the bushes at guaranteed Ray Field is not an easy task. Uh, there are very few straightaway center home runs at guaranteed Ray Field. It doesn't happen often. Eloy put one up there one time. I think Abreu's done it once or twice. But, like, normally those big-time home runs are, like, in the upper echelon of left and right field. Otani just puts it straight away. I think we're all three of his home runs straightaway center. Two of the three were, so. certainly. Two of the three certainly were. So, make sure you watch Otani. You're a baseball fan. You have access to streaming, whatever. Watch you got to do it. Watch the Angels. They're must-see TV. I don't care if they're dead last, which (laughs) they might make the playoffs. They might not. I don't think they're going to, But which sucks. Oh, I would love to watch Otani start a playoff game. Can you imagine the hype? Uh, I mean, that was Never say never. You never know. Mike Trout might have hit the farthest ball I've ever seen at Guaranteed Rate Field yesterday, or one Mm -hmm. of them. Lance Lynn made the worst pitch I've ever seen. I legitimately think it might be the worst pitch a White Sox pitcher has ever thrown, an 83-mile-an-hour cutter right over the middle of the plate against Trout. Yeah. And he hits it to the back of the left field bleachers. Like, duh. Yeah, you're 100% right. Well, hey, Vinny, actually, you got a point there with the, with the Angels not probably making the playoffs. You might see Otani start a playoff game for another team. That's true. That could be a thing. I, I'm actually willing to say if they remain there. So let me channel my article I wrote this morning about Otani kicking the White Sox ass. They are three and a half games out of the wild card and six games out of the division. Of the division. So if they fall, yeah. let, let's say by when's the trade deadline is it August 1st or July 31st it's one, in that little area. Let's say they're seven games out of wild card and nine or ten games out of division. How do you not? No. How do you not trade him? So, uh, what? What do you have a list of teams that you could see getting him? I don't have one off the top of my head, but <clears throat> just spitballing here. I don't know if they have the parts to acquire him, Vin, but uh, this might sound crazy to you, but your other favorite team, I could see him landing up on the Braves. The Bravos. I could see him getting traded to the Braves. They do have the assets to trade for him, for sure. Um, I, I think if the Braves were to trade him, it's probably a rental. Yeah. There are a couple teams I could see <clears throat> renting Otani. The Braves are certainly one of them. The Yankees. The Yankees, I think he'd be a rental. Um, I think he ends up with the Dodgers long-term, even if they don't trade for him. That, that's kind of my prediction. If if the Braves get uh, half a season out of him trying to win the World Series or, like, uh, you know, the Padres wouldn't shock me at all if they – because they come from nowhere every year to do something crazy. Um, that wouldn't shock me. The Baltimore Orioles – Making a huge trade wouldn't shock me. The Tampa Bay Rays, like, hey, one year, one year, let's go win this freaking thing. We've been the best team in baseball over the last ten years, and we're the only we're the only team top five in winning percentage that doesn't have a World Series. Let's go do it now, and then we'll let them walk. Like, who cares? I could see that. Yeah, but for in, you know, in terms of long term signing, Dodgers, Mets, Mariners, those are my big three. What about the Cardinals? Do you see the Cardinals in that at all? I don't because they stink now. 
They stink now. Last year, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, their two best players are Goldschmidt and Arenado, and they're amazing. But you see, they're getting older. They're not, you know, in their early 20s anymore. And although I don't think they're going to fall off necessarily anytime soon, you're not building around Otani and two aging superstars. Yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling that Otani is going to end up as a rental for the Yankees this year. That's just, I believe it in my soul. Would you like it? Are you a Yankee hater? I'm not a Yankee hater. I'm not a Yankee lover. Um, I do, I do like the baseball that they've been playing the last two weeks. I mean, they just made the, the Mariners look like a bunch of fools. Um, I, they're an exciting team to watch, Finn. I, I, I like what they're doing on the field. I could see Otani wanting to be a part of that. Because let's let's be honest, they need another starter. Because I don't know what the hell's going on with Perdon. It doesn't sound like he's coming back at all. I don't know. Yeah, and Nestor Cortez hasn't been all that good when he pitches. So Better I as think, of late, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. And so I – Listen, I watch the Red Sox a lot. I like the Red Sox, but I'm not from Boston. I actually do think the Yankees are like a fun team historically. Like they're 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 just the Yankees, right? It's like like it's like watching the Maple Leafs in hockey or yeah. um, you know, the Cowboys in football. Now, they're like the popular team I actually do kind of dislike, but like they're just they're the Yankees. It's like everyone wants a pitch for the Yankees. And if Otani went there, I think it would break baseball regular season records like there's a reason the white Sox played for viewership on tv too that too yeah like the white Sox yankees at field of dreams was unbelievable Mm -hmm. i loved every second of it and i'm happy the white Sox played the yankees in that game it was the most watched regular season baseball game since 2005 and that's saying something i think something similar would happen if otani was otani versus sale in a big playoff matchup let's say the rays end up winning the division and you know the yankees get matched up with the red Sox. nice love that wall and the yankees get matched up with the red Sox in like a first round series and you got otani versus sale like that's just unbelievable stuff i need that in my life i hope the angels do trade them if they stink yeah wild stuff man baseball's it's gonna be an interesting year for baseball man i'm excited to see where these other teams land Absolutely. And before we get out of here, baseball all-star game, MLB all-star game. Voting opened yesterday. Go vote for your favorite players. Luis Robert Jr. is probably the White Sox representative, I would think, at this point right now. Um, For the Cubs, I think they have two really good options that probably both make it. uh, Dansby. Dansby Swanson and Marcus Stroman. They're uh, one and two in the Cubs in war, and they're, like, really up there in terms of, you know, at their position so far this year. We as a podcast would like to see Jake Berger get voted in or somehow make it by whatever reason. Did you see uh, Ashlyn's post on Twitter? No. What did she tweet? I saw Jake's. Is it Jake's sister that's tweeting heavily about it too? I am. If you vote for my husband, I will. It's DH. I'll throw you a pizza party. <laughs> All right. I'm in. So, I'm, I'm in. I mean, obviously, we'd like to see him there, but. I like. I'd love to see Jake in the home run derby, man. Yeah, you could compete in the home run derby without being in the All Star game, I believe. Now, I could see that. So, that, although that cool. <clears throat> this isn't anything concrete, but I did run into. I got to meet Ashlyn 
and baby Brooks at the last White Sox game I went to. They want to come back on on South Burbs, Vin. So we're going to have him back on at some point. All-Star break might be that time, depending on if he makes it or not. But still, vote for Jake. All right, I hope he doesn't make it. No, I'd rather talk to him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, I root for Jake in every way. Like I, every time he does something good, it just it, it's more than just being the White Sox. If he were traded to like the Cubs, I honestly think even if he were traded to the Cubs, I'd, still I'd root be for him. all in on Jake Berger. The the only team that would be kind of tough to swallow is like the Twins. That would be tough to swallow seeing him on that team. But like the Royals or the Cardinals being a Mizzou guy. You know, that would be cool. Um, but I'm enjoying them on the White Sox now while I can. So Yeah, I'm savoring it while we can. I don't know if that's going to stick around through July or not, but nonetheless, vote for Jake Berger. Vote for Jake Berger. Do it now. Do it now. And Joe, the chopper. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and helping me out. It's been wonderful. Uh, this is one of my favorite shows we've done in a while. Just great baseball breakdowns here. Thanks, man. We just kind of we we wing it, but we talked stats. We talked a little bit of everything today, man. I I had some fun. Absolutely. Now, I did come into today's show with a plan, so <laughs> that's uh, that's something that hasn't. No, I guess I can't say it hasn't happened. Did I, in a did while. I take it too far off the grid? Did oh I, did no, I no, plan? no, no. We followed the plan perfectly. Really? Yeah. No, right. I, I know how to get Joe Mandel to say exactly what I want him to say. Um, that, that's the point. Um, well, that's the rapport we're getting now, Vin. No, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't write down like heavy bullet points, just like topic umbrellas and go to town. And to me, I can't do that with everyone. I don't just write topic umbrellas for every show and like just see where the conversation goes. There are shows where I write down every word that I need to say. And that's just not the case with Joe Mandel and Vinny Parisi, two you. two superstar barroom network hosts. Oh, Everybody on yeah. this network's a superstar. <laughs> that's right, man. And uh, speaking of Vin uh, on Monday's South Burbs Hitman, Missy Carroll from Southside Behavior going to be with us. Always fun with her on the show, so that should be fun. Absolutely. And for those of you who love me, sorry, most of you probably hate me. Um, <laughs> the, my name is one of the only names mentioned on Apple for somebody hating them. Like my name is on there. I can't believe Barroom Network. Yeah, Barroom Network. It's something like Barroom Network employing Vinny Parisi is like a make a wish foundation or something like that. Like someone just shut up really? me out there. Yeah. Oh, there are plenty of people. I'm it's not in everyone. the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? I hope the, I really wish I could tell that person how much that that comment means to me, because I honestly think that means you're doing something right. There's only two people it could be, Vin. I think we both know the two options. We could talk about it off the air. Oh, well, I didn't even think about the first, the one, the obvious one. I think it was before that whole thing, though. I, I honestly, but maybe it's not. I guess I wasn't fond when we were working together, so I, I guess the feelings could have been mutual. So I guess it didn't didn't take the breakup in order for that to happen. But, you know, whatever. I don't give a crap. doesn't bother me. Um, I'm here and you're not. Um, That's right. It's it's good, though. I'm enjoying this and got an off week next week. So that's where I was going with it. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be on any of the three shows. Um, Crosstown and Bardown are taking their one hiatus for the whole year. 
I don't think I think the last time well I missed deserved. either of those. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. The last time I missed both of them was last Door County trip last year. There so you there you go. And but South Burbs Hitman will go on without me. The show will go on with Zim, Joe, and their guest Missy excited to, you know, I'll I'll be tuned in. I'll watch I'll if I can't watch it live as it's happening, because we do fires and stuff, I'll throw it on my headphones while I'm falling asleep and whatnot, and then finish whatever I fall asleep to in the morning. It's gonna be fun. So um there's only there's only so much there's only some so much arousal you can have in one evening, Vinny. I don't know if you want to fall asleep listening to Zim and I. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. You know, just make sure you talk. This is a terrible joke. All the other listeners are like, what are you talking about? No, make sure you talk about some food at the end of the show. Get a little little intimate with your food conversation. Travis says, I always say, if you don't have haters, you're you're not doing something right. Well, I have plenty of haters. Um, But, you know, they're always the loud majority or loud minority, right? So we just keep treading on. Um, thank you to Travis and everybody else who's watched the show today. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I, you know, it means the world to me to be doing this with you and likewise we'll be back at it in two weeks. You know it, man. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoy your weekend to all the Swifties going to soldier field this weekend. Have a blast. I'll be there in spirit listening to, you know, mean and anti-hero and love story and all that stuff. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. And as always, thank you for listening. Another happy landing.